0: I See Churches Favour Women, I'm Marion Wright and this is Favourite Friends, the podcast that shares the beautiful, hopeful and encouraging stories of Christian women. This episode's very special guest is Eliana Thompson. What do you need to know about Eliana? Well, she's hilarious, she's good with words, she's got this angelic singing voice, she's a youth leader, she's studying a degree in social work and she has this big and beautiful story. In this episode, I really mean it when I say that Eliana is one of the daughters of our church. She has lived her childhood years through to adolescence and is now embarking on her young adulthood right in this very church community. In this episode, Eliana talks us through what it was like being raised in church and how to navigate family and identity through her parents' divorce. Wisdom beyond her years, this one. You're going to love her. Here's Eliana Thompson. I was saying to Josh, I just figured out that I actually don't know that much about you. And I was quite excited about getting to know more about you. I like that. Yeah. Well, well,
1: I think a lot of people think that they know things about me because of my parents and like because of dad. And it was one of the most like liberating things coming back after moving away for two years and coming to a completely different campus where there's like two years worth of new people. And my dad's not even around for them to kind of, like, put two and two together. And I had all these people who had no idea who I was. And they had no understanding of, like, Pete Thompson and, and all that sort of stuff. And I was just like, I am me and I don't have to... Like, there's still obviously the people who are like...
0: You know, like, you're so right. Like, we're obviously friends with your dad. Yeah. And so we know you because of your dad. Yeah. But he... Yeah, I imagine that that would have been, um, like, quite a thing.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, I was freshly 18, and so it's, like, that whole, like, who am I as an adult kind of thing, and, but, yeah, it was really cool, because I was, like, ah, I didn't have to, not that I was living up to anything, but I'm not just Pete Thompson's daughter, like, but, like, I mean, this is my dad, so, yeah, you know, I'm. Like growing up, you know, you're you're your parents' kid. You're not necessarily your own person. And so yeah, it was it was a really cool thing to have people who genuinely had no idea who I was, and they'd be like, "Oh, so is this is your first time at church?" I'm like, "Ha ha ha." Let me tell oh, you. you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I had I'm even like at um, oh, it was. Just the other week at church, I had, I met this bunch of girls and like, I've seen them around, but you know, like haven't actually had a conversation with them yet. Finally got to meet them. And one of them was like, oh, so like, how long have you been going? Cause they're still fairly new to our church. How long have you been going to church? I was like, oh, since I was four. And it's just, they're like, oh, so like born and raised in this church. I was like, yeah, pretty much <laughs> like this kind of. That's
0: really it's beautiful. I yeah. Yeah. And that's I love it. beautiful how old are you now?
1: I am 19.
0: You're 19. 19. Oh did you turn 19 this year? Yeah in January. Oh congratulations. When when was your birthday? The 8th. I wanted to start with some questions some get to know you questions so about your favorite things. Mm -hmm. So the first one is what is your favorite thing at the moment?
1: I don't know one of my favorite things is just I think this season of my life, like it's hectic and it's weird and wild, but you know, when I stop and I look at it, I'm like, oh, I'm actually doing all these things, and
0: it's cool. So yeah, it's good to have that moment where you step back and realize mm. you're living your life. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. though it's probably all sometimes whirling around. Yeah, totally. you Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, that's
1: good. Um, <laughs> favorite item in your wardrobe? Oh, that's quite hilarious. Um. My favourite item in my wardrobe is G- Gabby and I co-own um, a pair of overalls. Yes. Um, I say that we share 50-50 custody. And as-
0: now, when you say you own – and so we have to – so Gabby is your friend. Yes, Gabby is my friend. Hello, Gabby, if Hi. you're listening. Hi, Gabby. Hello. Um, and so you, when you say you own
1: a pair of overalls together. So they were like – an amount of money and neither of us at the time had the amount of money but we both wanted them sure and so we were like well why don't we just go halvesies yeah that way we can both afford it yeah and when you want them i'll give them to you and vice versa and at the moment they're in my cupboard but yeah so you're 50
0: 50 custody 50 50 custody of a pair Do of white ever, overalls. like have conflicting weekends. Like if no. you really want to wear it, and then she really wants to wear it. Like yeah, there was like... one
1: weekend where I really wanted to wear them, and they didn't end up in my hands. But you know, it's life. That's fine.
0: And your friendship's still okay. We yeah, we're, we're fine. Would we you do it again? No. Would you do it again? Would I do it again? Purchase do that? Oh. like a pair. Or an item of clothing? I don't know. I together. feel like if
1: you're living with someone, it's probably a lot easier.
0: Are you like, living with
1: her? No, I'm just okay. living with my mum at the moment. Okay. So with my mum, like, yes. we can share clothes yes. super easy. Sure. Um, Yeah, so that's probably a more wise decision. Like, sure. if, if we were housemates, then maybe it would be a smarter decision. But yeah.
0: Sure. Do you have a favourite brand?
1: I don't really have a favorite brand. I kind of just kind of accumulate mm. lots of things that I see, mm. individual pieces that I like. Mm. Um, but at the moment, Tommy Hilfiger—they um, like there's a bunch of t-shirts that they're doing at the moment. Yeah, like, cool. I kind of, I'm digging, and some jumpers. Yeah, I know. I'm just really—it's winter. Yeah, well, it's trying to be winter. Yeah, and so we've yeah, had some cold mornings. Some, some sweaters. Favorite food. Um. Again, that's probably a really hard thing for me. I know. to make a
0: decision on. I also would struggle. I like all the food. Yeah, exactly. i like, <laughs> just yeah. give me food. Just give and me the I'm food.
1: Pretty sure I'll be happy. Is there
0: something that you hate
1: eating? Um, uh, okra.
0: Yeah, uh, right. Uh, okra. For those who don't know it,
1: or lady finger,
0: is like. A vegetable,
1: yeah. I'd say like
0: a vegetable. It
1: is a vegetable. It's a slug.
0: It. I grew up eating okra. Yes, yeah, so my mum did too. Yes, so mm. it's Asian vegetable. When cooked well, I think it's okay. When yes. cooked not well, it's very slimy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They tried to feed it to me in India. Tried to feed it to me, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But and and I tried it, but even even then, I was like, nope, no, no, yeah.
0: not a
1: fan. Fair. No, that's fair. Okay,
0: you did say that you love pasta.
1: I love pasta. Mm. I think pasta is just like my go-to comfort. Mm. You know, it's always good. And there's so many different things that you can do with pasta. Um, I do love gnocchi. Yeah, oh yeah, and I love Thai food.
0: I yeah, think. me too. Yeah. Pasta and Thai food are like my bad day meals. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want to eat. They're always good. <laughs> solid solid. you we will talk about your life in a little bit but you're a very busy person at the moment um do you have a favorite way to wind down
1: um my favorite way to wind down is to just be at the beach mm. um
0: do you have a favorite beach
1: ooh, i don't know i think just the sunshine coast is probably my preference of beaches yeah um but yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe it was like something that we did as a family as well when I was younger. And hmm. like my grandparents used to live at Golden Beach, so it probably has a lot of memories tied into it as well. But I, I don't know, it's just super relaxing and calming, but that's not really something that's kind of accessible all the time. So I probably normally will just sit and scroll through Pinterest and find new music to enjoy. So,
0: I was gonna ask you about your favorite podcast but I feel like I'm <laughs> setting myself up for like sponsored content or yeah. like a rigged response this is not a rigged response and it's very beautiful because when I did ask you initially
1: you were like <laughs> my favorite podcast is favorite yeah.
0: and I was like you don't have to say I that I know that I don't have to. yeah
1: but it's true really yeah totally I think there's something super beautiful about championing women and I think like I love that it's such a like a, a drive and a passion of like the whole favor um you know like all the events that we do like it's so honoring and it's so encouraging and yeah I think this is a beautiful way like storytelling is such a wonderful way to like get insight into people's lives and, you know, to learn and to grow yourself and to get to know people. So, yeah, I really love it and I think it's great.
0: I like (laughs) that we were talking about being afraid of crying earlier and (laughs) I was going to cry. That's very beautiful and very kind. Thank you. Anytime. And thank you for saying yes to doing this.
1: Oh.
0: So, in your 19 years of existence, you've had Sorry. you've had a bit of a, <laughs> you've had a big life in I've the 19 years life. that you've been here. Um, you were saying earlier that you've been a part of IC Church since you were four years old. <laughs> yeah. And we will get to that in a moment. Mm. But I want you to tell me what your life is like at this very moment in time. What have you got going on?
1: What have I got going on? Um, well, I am a uni student. Yeah. I am studying bachelor of social work at QUT I'm in my second year and so I just finished semester one which is just a really really wonderful feeling um a lot of release now but um yeah so that's probably my main thing other than that I mean oh then I'm a youth leader I am on the worship team and kind of on the media team I mean I try my hardest um you know i so, during the weeks, I'm running a connect and chasing up young girls. And, like, just recently, like, literally yesterday, we had um a night where, you know, our, our youth kind of basically ran the night and they did the preaching. They did, like, all of this stuff. And Was that last night? That was literally last I night. I was you know.
0: looking at all the Instagram stories and feeling very proud. Yeah, And I'm not even a part of it. But it's so, yeah. So, incredible. I had, like one
1: of my girls led <sighs> the first time. And, you know, Tasha, she's kind of a a favorite of a lot of people because she's such a beautiful human being. She but is. Um, that was like almost cried then. And then another one of our girls, Olivia, she sang for the first time, almost cried watching that. And then Elise, you know, she spoke and gave a word that just kinda like hit me and I was like, Ugh, you know, that this is just it's so beautiful and it's so cool to watch and to be a part of. So yeah, that was very exciting. What made you want to be a youth leader? Ooh, um probably ultimately knowing that like what I needed at their age, um, and the people that I needed to be surrounded by, you know, um I think that kind of is still my drive and why I'm passionate about it because I know the type of person that I needed to encourage me and just to, like, be there and support me and to drive me places and to do that stuff and to – so I guess if I can be that for someone else, then that's all that really matters for me.
0: What kind of person did you need when you were their age? Um –
1: I needed, oh, I mean, like when I, so I lived for two years in central Queensland and probably then like, and when I was living in Brisbane, like I went to youth for a couple of years before I moved and, you know, I still was going to youth when I went and lived in central Queensland, but, you know, we were running it sort of thing. So it was very different. And, you know, my pastors were my auntie and uncle and like my parents were very heavily involved in the rest of like, my cousins were involved I probably the person that I needed was someone who was kind of separate from all of that and someone who you know I could just chat to and not feel like you know I could like I literally felt like I could talk to about everything and probably someone who I could just have fun with and have fun in a way that like in an environment that isn't going against what I believe, and what I stand for, which was really hard in a small communi- community because there's, like, not many options of things to do. So that's probably what I needed and, yeah. What's your favourite part of being a youth leader? Um. I think watching just, like, the change in the kids. Like, you, you see them from the start and you know, like, you, I see it, like, you see – who they are and like their potential but just watching them become comfortable and like their personalities just like showing you know they're all just hilarious and they're talented and they're intelligent and you know they try and hide those sort of things cuz it's not i don't know it's not cool or whatever that's probably really lame but it's, no, it's like true. they but it's true it's they true. don't show who they really are and when you get to like pull that back a little bit and go oh hi it's like this, there's a really awesome person underneath all this that you're putting up and I think that's really cool so, yeah
0: what are some of your earliest memories of church <laughs>
1: um <laughs> probably like feeling sleep deprived no I just remember like I dad was worship team like mm. and leading so and you know, early days it's setting up all mm. the time and they're doing that now mm. all over again but it was the getting dragged out of bed at six thirty in the morning and just appearing in different places and not necessarily knowing where I was going but just following and like I was super shy so a lot of like standing next to my dad's legs just kind of like just don't leave me don't leave my side sort of thing um a lot of, yeah, so a lot of that, a lot of kind of just being taken all over the place and a lot of like waiting for dad to stop talking so that we could go home or eat or any of the following. <laughs> um, yeah, but also like a lot of fun. Um, I think, you know, kids church was just awesome and yeah.
0: You grew up in church. Yeah. I, I watch those kids. You know, we, we, I think if you've been around church long enough, I, I watch those kids, and mm. sometimes they are just sleeping under a seat yes. <laughs> while their parents are packing up. Yep. And, you know, I, I, I've often wondered, you know, for kids like you who have grown up mm. with um, parents who are super involved, how does that make you see church? You know, is that something that you love? Is it something that you hate week in, week out? You're constantly getting pulled out of bed way too early. You're yeah. forced to talk to people you don't yeah. want to always at a late night prayer meeting at someone's house. You yeah, know, I yeah. was that kid. Yeah. I grew up, like, some of my earliest photos with my parents are just being held by randoms at prayer <laughs> meetings, you know, when I, someone's holding me and someone's praying and it's just like that yeah, that. yeah, I think that a lot of people would relate to growing up that way.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I think, oh, like, I totally think for a while I probably resented it like, not resented church. I never resented, I never resented church, but like I resented the being taken around like not against my will because you know you kid, you go wherever your parents go, but the late nights, the all that sort of stuff. Um, I, yeah, I mean, like oh, I only lived with my dad. like I was only with him every second weekend. so, and I think even like, so the time that, the time that I had with him, like that was, I just wanted to be with him the whole entire time. Um, so it was kind of cool being able to just do stuff with him the whole time, even if I wasn't doing anything, but being there for the setup and the pack down and for youth and for church and for all that sort of stuff. But I don't know. I think I realized, I think there's like two ways that people can go. They either like that resentment like stays with them and they like get bitter about it. But I kind of just like I love it and I look back and I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful that like I just was didn't really have an option and like it was just a part of my existence. Like it just who was who we were and what we did and that was like we were just like serving was always such a important part of of our lives and like something to you know take ownership of and so yeah that's probably why I love being so involved now so yeah
0: so you grew up in Caboolture oh I
1: was I was born in Caboolture you were born in Caboolture <clears throat> yes. but
0: where did you grow up
1: oh I grew up <clears throat> all over the north side
0: you grew up all over the north so, side yeah naturally. um you like, said that your mum and your dad and you did a short stint in northern New South Wales. In, Is that right? Uh,
1: down just in in New South Wales, so down the bottom of the Snowy Mountains. Right. In like a small little town. Yeah. There. Like and then eventually days. ended up
0: back in Brisbane. Yeah. And I think the most major part of your story kind of starts at the point where your mum and dad mm-hmm. were divorced. Yeah. So tell me about that.
1: Oh well. I, it was like, I mean, I was three, so I don't really remember much. I mean, there's photos of like our last day in Tumut and it was snowing, it was winter. Um, and you know, I guess I went from living with mom and dad to being in a completely different state to dad and just living with mum and like I think I was living with my kind of with my grandfather and my auntie at the time as well for a little bit and then <clears throat> with that like a dad eventually moved back up um and it was it's was, I don't know it's such a weird thing it kind of Like, again, you don't really have control. You don't have any control. And I didn't understand what was going on. Like, I was three. I just... Like, I didn't pick up... Like, I didn't understand, like, the why behind it. And I don't... Like, I probably never will because there's probably no specific reason why they got divorced. Like, there's no one thing that, you know, you can say, this is why it happened, Eliana, and explain it to a kid. Um, So, I don't know. I... I've always been hyper aware of emotions and so I picked up on the sadness and I picked up on the anger and I picked up on like the disappointment I picked up on all of that so while I didn't understand the the like what was actually happening around me I knew that stuff was going on and I knew that it wasn't normal and it wasn't right and it wasn't um the way that like it should be like things were different and I kind of like I I think what happened with me was I saw what I, I saw, what I saw, and I took that and interpreted that as like in the most simple ways as my dad being kind of like this evil human being who you know was angry and stuff because that's just how I processed it, and you know why else would we move away and stuff like that? You like you don't understand it. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of like and there's a lot like it kind of I guess it's just an emotional roller coaster to be honest. And it's something that, you know, it it fully like just you know, your life is kind of going along one way and it's just like bam, it's like the the trajectory just like completely switches and everything all of a sudden you've gotta like deal with when you're at school you know like you got to deal with making sure that you have stuff packed for when you go to the other person's house and you know you got to remember the permission slip for that excursion and oh this person said that you could go but when you're with the other parent you know that's when you're actually going on the excursion and it's just like a whole heap of things that you don't necessarily have to think about when your parents are together and you know there's like the longing for them to be back together I think like as a kid that's all you like that's all I wanted I just wanted my mom and my dad I wanted them to be together I wanted our family I wanted them to like have more kids I wanted brothers and sisters and I was probably really angry that I didn't get that and I was like what 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 is going on like None of this is in my control. None of this is in my power. I just kind of get lumped, like, along, like, I just, yeah. And I probably, I don't know, I probably felt a lot of, you know, you think that maybe you had something to do with it and you had to deal with knowing that it wasn't my fault in any way, which to a three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old, like, (coughs) that's everything is so black and white so it's like well what else could it be when you don't understand so yeah
0: how do you think it shaped your identity and how you described yourself and your family going through that
1: um it was really funny because in primary school it was like such a weird thing you know not like it was very uncommon very very uncommon for people's parents to be separated and that like that was just my experience so people would like my friends would be super shocked about it all and then as you keep going through school like I got to like my first few years of high school and like I'd have an extra bag and I'd be like oh say to someone that I have to go to my dad's house this afternoon. And they're like, oh, yeah, I just got back from my dad's and I'm going to my mum's this afternoon. And, you know, I started to, like, find people who were going through very different but similar sorts of things. But, like, initially, because it was so weird and because it was so different, I probably felt abnormal and I probably felt, like, mm, the way that my family was was wrong and it was like not the way that it should be. I mean I
0: I imagine there would be a lot of anxiety with having to tell people mm. about it. And I I imagine that there would be a constant reminder, my family is different to your family. Was it like that? I think
1: it still is. Like I mean you people and you know, they ask you because you're young. They're like, "Oh, so you're still living with your parents?" Sure. So it's like yeah, that question. Sure. It's like, "Oh, well, actually." Yeah, there's I'm a longer. Living. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yes, in short, and yeah. so, so sometimes, like, I just say yes if it's just uh, yeah someone that, yeah, you know, I'm probably not going to have relationship. Yeah. With, I'll just be like, "Oh yeah, yeah," just still at home. Yeah. But um. Yeah, no, I have to do the whole, well, actually, I'm living with mum at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. And my dad and stepmum and my siblings all live in Adelaide. And yeah. they're like, oh, so you're from Adelaide. And it's like, no, no well, I'm actually yeah. not. They moved there last year. Oh, so they were in Brisbane. Yeah. No, they weren't. They were. We were in central Queensland for yeah. two years. And yeah. And it's just like, oh, so you you grew up in central Queensland. It's like this, like run around. It's really of what's going not on. a linear story. It's really not. <laughs> yeah. I can't just say I was born, I grew up, yeah. here I am. Like it's yeah. like a, it's kind of
0: yeah, yeah. Which and I, I think that, like you know I think now and it, you're right. It was so different. I think when you were younger, mm. where there was this real normal nuclear family yeah. type totally. situation, and. I think that's changed a lot. Mm. And so having to have a narrative around your <laughs> yeah. family life would be really hard so family. young. Yeah. You, you said was. that um, you really hated being the girl from the broken home mm. and you kind of hate that that was or that language was even part of your, you know, you know identity, like identity or your label, totally. I guess.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I think like it kind of gets put on you like just even in conversation people like oh you know well because you like come from a broken home or and stuff like that and you know I kind of just accepted it I was like oh yeah yeah wow because that's just the way that people talk about it like people talked about it and it's like well yeah I guess it is but I I don't know I think like I actually I genuinely like I don't I don't like using that term at all I think you know One thing that Sash, my stepmom, says to my little siblings all the time, and I say it to myself to remind myself to keep myself in check. But it's, is she is constantly saying like your words are powerful, and it's just that like little line, and it's so true, and it's now so ingrained in me, and like I'm constantly trying to be more intentional with the way that I speak about things, and like I fail constantly, but. I'm trying because I know that my words are powerful and they have the power to speak life and death over me. So I think that term broken home like I don't want to accept that label. I don't want that yeah my it like it was broken. It it broke in very simple terms there was what was there is no longer there. It's what was unity is like now disunity but I'm not broken because of that and just because it's no longer what everyone expects the family to look like. And like my family is, like even my extended family, we're like all over the place and there's people from all sorts of walks and I love it. I love the craziness of it all and I love that it's not normal or whatever that is and so I don't want to speak brokenness over myself like I am whole and I am I'm not broken and I'm not yeah I'm not living a life of brokenness because of that so yeah I probably choose to not say that
0: Well, we're sending out an invite to all the girls to join us for FAVOR Conference 2019, Friday the 26th, Saturday the 27th of July in Brisbane, It's always beautiful in winter, and we're going to get positioned for an incredible time in God. We've really themed over this conference. It's called Let It Be. We want God's Word to actually come to pass. Just like Mary said, let it be done to me as you have said, Lord. That's the cry of our heart. And we're inviting Pastor Esther Greenwood from Equipus Church New Zealand. She's going to be with us. It's going to be incredible. So pop it in your diary now. You don't want to miss out. Tell me where Jesus came into the picture for you. You obviously, you're moving around as a kid. Yeah. Um, You know, you gained other family members (laughs) Um, (laughs) into this big and beautiful family, you know. And I think... At times I think it would have been messy, you know. So messy. And I think at times when you are, you know, you, you had your dad was very public in our church. Um, people really know him and love him. And, yeah. you know, I think at times it would have been really hard to be that visible yeah. while you were still dealing with a lot, totally, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So where... Where did church and where did Jesus come into the picture for you while you're trying to sort out all of this stuff for Mm. yourself?
1: Um, I think I've kind of, like, I mean, born into being in church, like, as you were saying, like, I was in worship rehearsal being held by people as, like, an infant, you know, like, that... Like I was at youth alive rallies in the womb, like you know, like this is this is my life, but and I think, I don't know, I think you know a lot of people don't have this, but I just had a I just had an understanding that Jesus was real from a very early age. and I can't actually think of a time where I didn't understand that and I didn't comprehend that, and that wasn't the way that like I then viewed my world, like, because to me, Jesus has always been real. It's not something that I had to discover or learn about. Um, You know, it's just how, like, I've lived my life, you know, like we pray about things, we give it to God, like, you know, we like all that sort of stuff, like we read our Bible, like it's just, it's just a part of who I am. And like, I think, I don't know, I had like my dad, he grew up in a Christian family like um my grandparents were pastors and they were traveling all over moving from like little country town to little country town doing all sorts of things working and raising families and being involved in churches wherever they went and um like it was such a part of who he was and then like my mom she Was born and raised by a Muslim dad who, like, now I like he's he calls himself a Muslim, but he has like a whole heap of things that he believes in, and that's where he's at at the moment. Um, and a mum who was raised a Christian, and so she would go to the mosque on Fridays with her dad and go to Sunday school on Sundays growing up. So, Mm. like, that. Like she, her and her siblings found their own way to like understanding who Jesus was Mm. and him becoming real to them. But for me, it was just such a, just a constant. It was just Mm. always there and I can't pinpoint a moment. You know, there's a story. Like My mum tells me that when I was three, I said, she was eating chocolate and I said, hey, mum, I want what you have. And she was like, no, you can't have the chocolate. And I was like, no, I I want Jesus. Like, you have oh. Jesus. And, like, you know, that's such a that's beautiful. Such a beautiful, like, childlike yeah. thing. But I, I just don't, like, I don't know. Mm. Like, we were always singing about Jesus. Mm. We were always declaring his goodness. Mm. Like, it's just, and he always felt so real. It wasn't this distant thing. It wasn't mm. this, like thing that we just talk about and I didn't mm. know in my heart, but yeah, mm. just so yeah.
0: Were you ever angry at God?
1: Oh, totally. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, my parents were divorced. Like Yeah. That kind of invokes a whole heap of <laughs> anger. Yeah.
0: Were <laughs> you like because were you angry at your parents? Or were you angry <coughs> oh, at God? Yeah, both.
1: Yeah. I think both. Um for like for a bit I was angry at my parents for like, as a kid, I was like, why can't you just work it out? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, Logical. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> guys, guys, seriously, like, you have a child. Can you just, like, sort your stuff out and we can all be happy again? Like, <laughs> three. Yeah, <sure. laughs> like, sure. so I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, sort it out. Um, sure. But, yeah, I think I was – I don't oh, – I mean – I probably wasn't angry at God for a long time. Like there were moments mm. of anger and I think I was probably disappointed. I think I felt like, you know, I wanted my family to be this, but it was this. That was like a completely different thing. It was one, like the complete opposite of everything that I dreamed and hoped for and everything that I desired. And then was like, you know, he gives you the desires of your heart I'm like well well excuse me where's where's my perfect family where's my mom and dad being together you know like I go to a kids church and I'm like sitting in the service because I don't want to be at kids church and so I hear like all these things about who he is and what he does and what he gives us and I'm like well that's not really aligning with what I'm experiencing right now. God, what's going on? And I had like moments, like as a kid, where I was just like, "Why? Like, why can't like Why can't you do a miracle and we end up all together? Like, like why why can't that happen? And it could have happened, and I'm not, I'm not denying that. Like, it totally could have, um, but it didn't. So and how
0: how do you reconcile that kind of anger with
1: God? I think like. And again, like it wasn't like I was just angry the whole entire time. It was probably just like moments where it became really real um, and moments where I think like in moments where my parents ended up with other people um, and that kind of solidifies it and you're like, oh, well, every hope of this being mended and... being healed is it's like that's out the window so probably in moments like that but I think I don't know I probably around 13 I kind of actually stopped and I was very bitter at different things but and I was like angry at different things but I you know like I realized that I didn't well God didn't just give me two parents who love me like I had a mum and a dad and a step and a stepdad who fiercely loved me and like my step-parents didn't have to and like mm. I think that's such a beautiful thing like mm. they didn't have to love me because like you know your parents they kind of kind of do like you're like mm, well you brought me into this world you should kind of like love me but they didn't have to do that they chose to love me and they chose to raise me and invest in me and i didn't just have like one or two brothers and sisters i got two older brothers who i like loved to pieces and just wanted to follow around and be like and then i got two younger brothers and a younger sister like i didn't just get you know what i wanted like this perfect little family i got a messed up crazy, weird, wonderful, beautiful, like, family that was more than what I asked God for. And so even though I, like, I like the whole thing of I didn't think that he was giving me what I had asked him for, but he did. It just didn't look like how I had expected him to. Mm. Um, you know, it wasn't in this perfect little package. It was... Mm bit broken and a bit bruised, but it was still wonderful and it was still beautiful and it still made me the everything that I am today and for that I'm so grateful. Was it hard to
0: uh, accept other people coming into your parents' life?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah, I think the dynamic of, like, step-siblings and half-siblings is so weird. Yeah, <laughs> like so weird because you don't like. I was my parents' only child from their relationship, mm. Mm. so there wasn't there wasn't any more of us from that. Which is probably now that I think about it, a huge blessing. Um, but you know, so I'm not that my siblings aren't raised the way that. I was raised necessarily. And like none of us are raised the same way because we've all got different makeups of who our mum and dad or mums and dads are. Like so it's all different and I don't know, like I think I like there's moments where you kind of feel like I I definitely had moments where I felt like I wasn't part of one family, um, you know, like I felt like there were two families and uh, cause I didn't have one, you know, unit, one mm. family where we all lived in the same house. So I was living in mm. two different houses, like experiencing two different ways of discipline, two different like ways of doing dinners and breakfasts and school runs. Like everything was different. Mm. Um, I, I kind of, like, I had, a, a like, a, for a long time, I felt like I didn't fit. Like, I was just kind of, you know, there. And, like, I, I kind of, I would get disappointed and angry and felt like my parents were prioritising other people over me, which, like, mm. now that I look at it, was never the case. Mm. But just the scenario, it just, mm. it feels like that. And so a lot of what I had to go through was working out and like I owe this to my parents but you know like determining what was my feelings and what was truth and like sorting that out and you know some of what I felt was true Mm. but a lot of it wasn't and so I had to remind myself of what was actually true and it Mm. took a long 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 time still is like a Mm. thing that I have to work on what um, is true in general or like about in, yeah like, in regards to your family In regards to my family I, what is true is that I am loved and I am as much a part of each family as like the other so mm. and I have a place in each family and when I'm not physically there it's like there's a part of them missing and I think that was the thing that you know kind of helped me probably deal with that was Mm. knowing that they genuinely felt like their family wasn't whole when I wasn't Mm. there and you know I was like oh so I'm like I actually do fit and Mm. I do like that's like that's what's real and Mm. that's what's true just because I don't feel like it all the time doesn't mean that's the case. So
0: yeah, I want to ask you a really weird question. Go for it. What advice would you give to a step parent coming <laughs> into a family?
1: That was a really good one. Really? That was a really good one. It's like it's super hard. You know, I had two different, very different step parents, both amazing. Yeah. But two very different. Like, yeah. Very different in the way. Like Sash just kind of like she's like. I'm here and I'm all in, kind of like a, in, like, I'm in every part of your world. Like, <laughs> I, all of a sudden, when I'm calling my dad to talk to him while I'm away at my mum's, she was there on the phone too. And I hated that. Like, to be honest, like, I hated it. I was like, excuse me, who are you? Can you please leave? This is my dad. Like, this is before I, like, had come to the realisation that I wanted to call her, her mom, my mum, you know what wow. I mean? Like, so uh, she, that was her. She was like, I'm here and I'm, like, I'm a part of this. Like, we're a team. We're, we're parents. So, like, this is how we roll. And my stepdad was, like, equally as amazing but wasn't like that. Like, it was different. It was just different. Sure. Um, And, you know, I think <clears throat> even, like, I have aunties who are step-parents and I think it's so hard because... Every situation is so different and I don't know if there's like one piece of advice. I think the thing is you've probably just got to work out what you – I think you, you got to let yourself off the hook majorly mm. and know that you are going to make – mistakes Mm. and know that you are going to offend the kids but they'll get over it like (laughs) you know what I mean like they'll they'll have a moment of attitude and they'll like roll their eyes at you or whatever Mm. or they'll be like oh my mum doesn't do it like this and they'll Mm. throw some snarky little comment back at you but yeah I think there's no one way to do it Mm. and there's no like having expectations of what it's going to look like will only set yourself up to fail because mm. you can't, you can't box it into this thing. Like we're kids, like we're all so individual. We're mm. all like, we're all going through stuff and like we're mm. hurting, you're hurting for your own things like and you're kind of like lumped into this family that's probably a little messed up and got a lot going on and there's like there's anger and there's disappointment and there's sadness and so I think yeah just don't put pressure on yourself I think just love them the way that you feel called to love them and like that's that's all that you can do like be the best version of like just be who you are and like some people are going to be super invested in ways that other people aren't going to be and that's that's still okay it's not wrong it's not there's no wrong or right about it but yeah I think Hmm. I'm like tearing up and (laughs) I don't even know why
0: (coughs) (laughs) it's a brave and beautiful thing I think to sign up to be a part of that like love in the face of mess is a really beautiful thing
1: like i take my hat off to step parents yeah it like parenting is hard yeah that is just like a whole other ball game like you as you said you sign up (laughs) just like a whole bunch of mess that's really not yours necessarily to deal with like but you choose like and I think that's sort of the thing it's such a beautiful thing because they choose like you choose to love these kids yeah. you don't have to but you do
0: tell me about wanting to call sash mum <laughs>
1: it was such a funny thing like I mum was married before like the year before dad and so I had already decided to call my stepdad dad by then and you know Oh I'm trying to think about it. It was actually like remembering it now it was kind of like it was such a weird thing like I asked my parents permission like for each Mm -hmm. like I because I wanted to honour my mum and my dad Mm. um and you know that's such a like a special thing like being a mum and being a dad like and so I didn't want to I mean, I didn't want to offend anyone. That was probably my main reason. Like, as a kid, let's be real, I didn't want to upset anyone or disappoint anyone. So, you know, I did. Like, I asked my parents' permission to call my step-parents' mum and dad. And um, I remember, so Sasha's born, and she oh, – I'm trying to remember. I think it may have been Zach's first Christmas. That would make sense. I think it was Zach's first Christmas. We had all of her side of the family, so I do. I would do Christmases sure. one, like as in the Christmas Eve at it was swap each year, um, whose house, like mums and dads, um, and I was at dad's for Christmas Eve, and you know Sasha's Spanish, so they do the staying up until midnight, yeah. and like we just eat and we open normally it's just one present yeah midnight and then like yeah the rest the next day on on Christmas day um and yeah I can't remember I don't know I think I think that's when it was either that or maybe probably I don't know Mm, yeah it was Christmas I know that. And I had all this, like, this plan, like, in my head. I had worked it out. Because I, like, I just kind of, she just, well, she was my mum. Like, for me, it was so easy to call my step-parents mum and dad just because that's who they were to me. They weren't, like, I didn't feel like it. I mean, at times I felt like I was taking that away from my parents. But really, like, they, they were just, that's just who they were. They, that never took anything away from like my mum being my mum and my dad being my dad but sash was still like she was my mum and my dad's you know what I mean and so I had this whole plan of telling her happy birthday as soon as it like was 12 o'clock but saying happy birthday mum and I think oh maybe she was even pregnant I don't know I think she might have been Actually, yes, she would have been pregnant with Amelia. That makes sense. She was pregnant with Amelia and so she had gotten sick. And she kind of like came back out and sat on like a chair. It was kind of not really there. And I had like this whole entire plan to be like, happy birthday, mum, and be like so intentional about saying it. I almost... Didn't even say it like I almost said sash just because it was such like a common thing for me to mm. say like it I like had this plan and it kind of didn't really go the way that I had planned it, but in the end I like said it and it was just it was just the norm for me. How did she react? Probably not to the level that I thought yeah that she would um you know, as I said, yeah, she had been sick and so she yeah. Like, she appreciated it, um, but, yeah, probably not how I had built it up in my little head. <laughs> it's going to be this beautiful moment. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah. like, a oh, movie yeah. moment yeah. and
0: the orchestra will swell. Yeah. Everyone will cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was 11. <laughs> I heard a rumour about you. What? Are the you so so Pete and Sash, who we have yes. to say are part of our Adelaide family, they're leading mm-hmm. the charge with mm-hmm. worship and yep. creative in Adelaide. Um, and but at one point they were in Central Queensland or North Queensland. Central. It was Central Queensland. Yeah, two years. Whereabouts was it exactly?
1: A little town called Clermont. Right. So, yeah. And so
0: they went to what Pastor
1: Church. What were they no, doing? No. So my Dad's older sister. Yes, she, her, and her husband have been running the church out there basically my whole entire life. Right. So um, they, so,
0: so they moved to to Central Queensland yeah. to help with the church, yeah. and you decided to go with them.
1: Yeah.
0: And I heard that you were in high school then. Yeah. How old were you?
1: Fifteen.
0: And so you went with them. You were fifteen. And no, I, heard... I had,
1: by the time we moved, I was just turned sixteen.
0: And I, I heard a rumor that you became school captain.
1: Yeah. <laughs> for a year so you've there for a year you've become school just, captain oh my goodness oh this is like really lame and i don't know like, like i don't want to like i don't want Man, it. this can go in i even ended up getting like a a women's day award for, yeah. for like young woman of the year i was like that's what fantastic. is going on that's fantastic but that, i don't tell people that part many well
0: everyone's gonna
1: know it now yeah so there the more you know that is so funny i mean there's only two of us and oh. that, actually that's just a whole story in itself and sash will probably be laughing her head off right now <laughs> just like hearing this because anyway eliana
0: thompson thank you thank you i am um, i think on behalf of ic church we are very proud oh. of the young woman you've become and it's really cool that we've been part of your journey definitely and that we get to watch you grow and flourish and continue Mm -hmm. and yeah i'm super impressed (laughs) (laughs) with you thank you for sharing your story thank you i really appreciate it i'll stop recording now that was great Thank you for listening to this episode of Favourite Friends. If you want to find out a bit more about us, you can follow the link in the episode description and there you'll find information about IC Church, Favour Women and our online Favourite shop. While you're at it, you can sign up for our Favour conference in July. It's coming up really soon. And if you'd like, share this episode with someone else who will be encouraged by it. I'll see you next time. Bye.